Joe Burrow probably has to play. What does that mean for him? Saquon Barkley has admitted to a high ankle sprain. How does that change his outlook? Christian Watson, scheduled off day. What does that mean for his week three status? Stick around for all of that in the next few minutes because bienvenidos. Welcome to the Injury Prone Podcast. Listen, it's week three, big week. You know what? If you're 0-2, we're going to help you get that, get that win. If you're 2-0, we're going to help you. And you got somebody injured, we're going to help you. And you got me, Jorge Martin, but also we got El Doctor, Dr. Edwin Porras, mi amigo. ¿Cómo estamos? Vamos, vamos, Jorge. We're, we're going along. We're chugging along. We're ready to talk Burrow, Barkley, uh, Aaron Jones. We're going to talk about all these guys. This is a fun time of year for me, not because guys are injured, but because from a fantasy perspective, we can really start to pick up on uh, you know, distressed owners and distressed managers. We can get injury discounts. We can exploit some fears and some anxieties and be sharks in the water, right? We don't want to be the fish. No queremos ser el pez. We want to be the shark, el tiburón. So, man, I'm excited. Let's let's get after it. No, let, let, definitely, definitely get into it. Well, you know what? Let's. Well, first off, want to make sure you're following us on YouTube, injury prone on YouTube. We already hit 100 subscribers. Make sure you're getting in there. You know what? Get that get that alert because this is one of the most important episodes that you're going to hear every week. Also, you're making sure you're following Dr. Edwin Porras on, on Twitter at FB Injury Doc and join that injury prone Patreon, patreon.com slash injury prone. Get in there. Get in there. So, uh, yeah, we're going to start. Joe Burrow, I mean, it was a question mark all, all, all through training camp. Now we got a tweak. The... There's all this talk. I mean, you know, these these kind of injuries kind of linger. What uh, what could be his outlook for now and for the weeks ahead? Yeah, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough for Joe Burrow to come back from as my dogs are in the background. Uh, sorry, Joe Burrow going to come back from this calf injury. He's going to do his best anyway. Right. So part of the problem with a calf injury that hasn't healed already is that, you know, the issue is that recurrence rate. Give me, can we pause? I'm sorry. Joe Burrow calf injury that really just, I mean, it lingered, you know, basically took him out of training camp and now it, you know, the tweak that has you know shaken Cincinnati. Now we do have past history. Aaron Rodgers played through a calf injury, but man, he looked like an injured soldier the the entire time. Still, he had a fantastic season. Joe Burrow, kind of, what's his outlook? Yeah, this is really tough. And here is a list of quarterbacks since 2017 who have had calf issues on a, on a recurrent basis, or maybe not on a recurrent basis, but they came up on the injury report at least once with it. Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, Taylor Heineke, Tom Brady. That's that's the entire list. None of those guys had issues. Again, you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers. And once something becomes chronic, once something extends past the six months and a year mark, that's when you really start having concerns about the long-term viability of that muscle. Now, I'm not aware of any specific data that says because you have a calf strain, that's automatically going to lead to an Achilles rupture. I don't think that there's a one-to-one -one correlation. Obviously, people are going to draw the comparison to Aaron Rodgers. People are going to draw the comparisons to Kevin Durant. There's not really a one-to-one -one correlation there. But obviously, when you have a calf muscle that leads into the tendon and is, is literally becomes the tendon, that is a concern, is an Achilles injury. But really, the, the, the primary concern is another setback, is another tweak. And, you know, we mentioned he's got to play. At this point, they signed some guy right off the street. Uh, they're 0-2. 
uh, I can tell you, Jorge, from my limited experience in professional sports, my feel is that the Bengals are, I don't want to say panicking, but man, they are 0-2 and the Ravens are 2-0. and They are quickly watching their season go down the drain. Their only option is to put Joe Burrow out there if they really want a fighting chance. So the question isn't should should you or should you not start Joe Burrow because I'm not waiting until Monday night to find out if he even plays. I'm starting someone in his place. The question is what should you do with Joe Burrow right now? And to be 100% honest, I'm seeing what I can get for him, right? I know you spent a fourth round pick on him, a fifth round pick on him, but there's just no way to predict which direction this is going to go. There is a small possibility he ends up on the IR. At this point, you know, in the offseason, I was saying this is nothing. He should be fine. Um, I guess I was wrong, right? Like, I got to admit, I got to take the L on that one. I really didn't think this was going to be an issue. He's not a mobile guy. He's a quarterback. He stands in the pocket. He hasn't had a history of this, but obviously it came back. And, and that's about that 20 to 30% recurrence rate in those calf uh, injuries. So, you know, at this point, I I'm trying to just cut my losses with Joe Burrow or maybe just streaming another guy, but this is a really tough situation. And again, I'm personally not starting him in any leagues that I'm in. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I mean, it's for me, it's hard to actually, you know, take, you know, 50 cents on the dollar on a guy. Um, but I mean, could this linger long enough? Because I, to me, I would say stream a guy until, uh, until, until he's, you know, until he looks good. Cause you know, we, we, I, I talked, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. He was really, he was really good that season, but I mean, again, he did not, he did not look good doing it. Um, so I think that one of the things you have to consider is like how much Joe Burrow doesn't run as it is, right? right. How often is he going to evade the pocket? How often is he going to be in scramble mode? How often is he going to be outside of the pocket making plays and how often are they just going to say, Hey, one, two, three, get it out. Uh, I don't know, right? Those are all the things you have to consider. You have to consider the re-injury risk. If I'm in a two-quarterback league, I'm sitting 2-0, and and I know my team is pretty stacked, but I got a shaky QB2, right? If I have somebody like a Sam Howell as my QB2 or something like that, or like I, I went I went all in on Kenny Pickett, he's my QB2. I'm filling offers out for Joe Burrow to see what happens because I'm feeling good about my team otherwise. Those are the only instances where I will be the shark and try to pounce on, on some of that missed opportunity. But right now, things aren't looking good for Joe Burrow, especially if you're 0-2. I'm not, I don't recommend uh, uh, going after Joe Burrow, which is going to be a different story than the next guy that we're about to talk about. Yeah, well, um, the next one actually comes for – we got a question from Dave. So regard, it's regarding Saquon Barkley with a Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, we'll yeah from, from the Patreon. Patreon. Hey, you join the Patreon, you get your question answered on here. Yes, yes, yes. So Dave, muchas gracias for joining the Patreon. So with a high ankle sprain confirmed, how do we value Saquon going forward? So is he buy low? So as we don't expect him before week six-ish? Or, you know, with this being the same ankle as last time, do we stay away? This is a good question. Uh, and I think that there is some nuance to it. Because it is his second go-around, that is something to consider. Uh, on one hand, he knows what to expect, and we know what to expect from Saquon Barkley. On the other hand, it's been a few years. Maybe it's not necessarily the, um, you know, the the shining example you want to use. But he was able to come back from this high ankle sprain at at some point in 2019, and he didn't look terrible, right? When Saquon Barkley came back from that high ankle in 2019, uh, he still was able to put up uh, numbers that were. You know, they did okay. They weren't necessarily the best in the world. I'm looking at 14 and a half PPR points, 9.7, 30, 43 PPR points, 20, right? Those are all from 13 to 17, week 13, 17. So he can still perform. A guy like Saquon Barkley, same thing. If I'm 
two and zero and feeling good about my squad, uh, and you're looking at some of the zero and two teams, and you know they're desperate, and maybe an zero and two squad has Saquon Barkley on, on their team, I am making an offer for Saquon Barkley, something like maybe a Jerome Ford for Saquon Barkley, right? Maybe a Kyron Williams for Saquon Barkley, right? You could make the argument you want to keep those guys anyway, but if you really went zero RB or, or you really went a wide receiver heavy, I do think that Saquon is a guy that you could anchor and turn your team into an anchor RB team and still get to keep all the additional wide receivers and, and tight ends that you were able to stockpile. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm talking myself into buying Saquon Barkley. Don't expect him to be 100% by the time he gets back, but give him an additional week or two. So the third week back, definitely from a high ankle sprain. Generally speaking, guys are, are able to perform. Yeah. And on that backfield, I mean, Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, you know, um, the, the rookie Eric Gray, you know, if it's, if it's an extended period of time, I really think it's going to be a very muddy backfield as I wrote in, in Yahoo fantasy. And honestly, you know what I want to take, I, I want to grab a flyer on Eric Gray because I think they might have to, he might be the most talented of the three and might be the, might be someone who um, kind of emerges similar to like Isaiah Pacheco did last year. So some, some, uh, Dave, muchas gracias for your question. Muchas gracias por tu pregunta. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And Patreon, get your, get your questions in. So this one, this next one, I am very interested in because I have Aaron Jones all over the place. And, um, you know, we saw him grab his hamstring. He's back to limited practice this week. So um, how much is that? A, is that a good sign? Could he still be trending to, toward an out? So he could, in theory, still trend towards sitting out, but we don't necessarily expect that, right? Because the app since 2018, and this is in the season-long playbook that's available in the Patreon, uh, since 2018, running backs with a hamstring strain, they've missed about 1.2 games. So it is possible, right, that he misses another game. The median missed games is one, right? So so that's the, the mid-mark. So we would assume he's probably going to miss, uh, or I'm sorry, he's probably going to be able to come back, especially since he came back in practice. What you need to know for Aaron Jones is that, A, the weekly recurrence rate, so the first week back from this injury, these guys tend to have a recurrence 24% of the time. That's something to consider. The other thing you want to really notice is that the the fantasy points they do reach 100% of their average of their seasonal average in fantasy points but the median is lower so what that tells you is that they still have a decent floor but that ceiling isn't quite there yet so Aaron Jones I could be wrong I could eat my words understand that this is a median estimation this is an approximate thing you can expect median value and here's actually what I wrote in the in the draft guide itself I said that the high weekly recurrence rate coupled with quote, fine weak winner rate and significant drop off in median routes and median receiving yards makes running backs coming off a hamstring strain moderate to highly volatile. So again, referring back to some running backs, if you're sitting pretty with Kyron Williams and Jerome Ford, you probably don't have to start Aaron Jones if you don't want to, right? If you're sitting pretty uh, with, with Rashad White, James Cook, those guys in a Jerome Ford or something like that, you probably you probably don't have to start Aaron Jones. Um, but if you're in, a, in another spot where you're 0-2 and you know that you've, you've got Aaron Jones, like you're throwing him out there. That's really my, my consensus. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a Roshan, I've got a uh, one where Roshan Johnson is my uh, second running back, and uh, I, I'm going to put Aaron Jones even in a tough matchup against the New Orleans defense, which has been very, very good uh, up till now. So that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. So the next one, uh, another running back, Derrick Henry coming up with a toe. I mean, we've talked about how how uh painful these are for for them to play through and him being a bigger guy it, how much of a concern is that with him having been a dmp 
You know, it's not a big concern because they did add rest on the back of the toe today on the injury report officially. So they are just resting him, right? Counting his mileage. Obviously, Tajay Spears has been much more involved. You, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one. Um, it's not nothing. I'll say that about the toe. It is something to monitor. You probably want to have Tajay Spears rostered, especially if you're a Henry owner. But if you're not a Henry owner, that is your lottery ticket. Go get Tajay Spears on your roster right now. He's, you know, Derek Henry's 29, if not 30 years old. I don't remember. He's 29 or 30. Um, he's got injuries, right? Not just not just mileage, quote unquote mileage. He's got injury mileage already on those feet and those ankles. Uh, we already see that he's sharing a lot of the workload. Last year he had, I think it was, it was a, a significant, I don't want to quote a number because I don't remember. He had significantly more passing work uh, last year, mm -hmm. and yet he still finished significantly 24% below his PPR mark from 2021 in 2022. So that's to say he had a lot more passing work and he still didn't meet his 2021 points per game value. So Derrick Henry has been high risk. I said, I won't spend a lot of time on it. And then I spent a lot of time on it. So that, that's it. We can move <laughs> on to the next guy. Hey, you already talked about Ty J Spears, so we can, uh, so I, I don't need to add anything more to that. Uh, the next guy, Christian Watson, he had a limited practice on Wednesday, then a DNP on Thursday. Um, you know, hamstrings, you know, he had, he, he had some hamstring issues last year. So um, kind of his outlook for this week, again, against a tough New Orleans Saints defense. Yeah. So there's a little bit of confusion with Christian Watson because he was limited on, you know, limited last Friday. He was limited again on Wednesday. And then yesterday, Thursday, he was a DNP. He didn't practice. People were a little concerned. There were reports from the beat writers that this was a planned scheduled day to manage his workloads. Want to say chef's kiss. Mm, beautiful. Love the medical staff and how they're managing. They, they, he met his workload limit for that day. They're tracking it objectively. They said, Christian Watson, you're not practicing today. I really love that. Uh, so, you know, they're doing it. I think the, the Packers are doing a good job. He didn't go last week. I think he can go this week. He returned to practice today. Still limited. He did have this issue last year. Understand that for receivers, we talked about running backs before, but for receivers, the weekly recurrence rate on these hamstring strains is, is much higher. You actually see a weekly recurrence rate in wide receivers for hamstrings sitting at right around 30%, uh, a weekly recurrence rate. So that's pretty high. Here's what I said about re-injury rates in the season-long playbook available in the Patreon. Uh, relative to hamstring strains and wide receivers. Re-injury rate is high and the stud and dud rates are essentially equal with an 18% weak winner rate. Wide receivers off this injury are definition of boom or bust with a slightly higher emphasis on the bust. Players with these injuries should generally be avoided in trades acquisitions or in season long leagues, especially in the first week back. But I mentioned, I'm pretty sure it was here a couple of weeks ago. I need to give him a chance, right? I drafted Christian Watson. I want to give him a chance. I want to see if he can overcome that. I'm going a little bit by feel. Not everything's data. I told myself I'd be a little bit better about going by feel, given the way that I know that the Packers have managed his current hamstring strain. Uh, despite that New Orleans defense, I really want to give uh, Christian Watson a chance because, man, even if he does, well, I don't know, let's say worst case scenario, he gets ruled out again in the second quarter, but he caught a 40-yard bomb. He made up the value. There he is. A guy like Christian Watson, you have him in your lineup for upside. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm not going to tell you to sit him. Just understand that he's a hold, right? I wouldn't necessarily actively want to go out and draft Christian Watson or trade for Christian Watson. But since I drafted him in a handful of places, I want to see how that goes. I want to play that out and I want to, I, I want to see what he can do. Yeah. Unless you, unless you were able to hit the waiver wire with somebody, I mean, it's, it's hard to replace kind of like what you said, the boomer bus, maybe he won't have the, the, 
all of all of the routes run. But heck, we saw with the Denver Broncos last week. You know, Marvin Mims ran twelve routes. He caught two balls for one hundred thirteen yards. So. Christian Watson has that game-breaking ability, so I think he he's someone that can actually, uh, yeah, like you said, only run, maybe run half the routes of Romeo Dobbs and uh, Jaden Reed, and then but still be explosive, and because he is explosive, and we've seen that before. So uh, over to Seattle, uh, DK Metcalf, he had that rib injury that that you know that we saw kind of you know that they did in replays a little bit. He was a DMP most recently. A level of concern with him miss, possibly missing the game. Yeah, so looking at the data for wide receivers with shoulder, ribs, and chest injuries, you see that 66% of the time since 2018, wide receivers miss no time at all. 18% of the time, they miss one game. So there is about a t- roughly right if we're gonna if we're gonna approximate it, there's about a 20% chance that Metcalf doesn't go. He I haven't seen any updates since they are over on the West Coast or in your time zone. I haven't seen any updates specifically on his practice report. So he last I knew he didn't practice. That is something to consider, right? It's not it's not nothing. But when it comes to if he's active, should you start him? I I do sit in the camp that if he's active, you should start him. These injuries are not necessarily easy to deal with. They're, they're kind of a pain tolerance issue. Um, the weekly recurrence rate isn't anywhere nearly as bad as something like a hamstring, right? It's, it's half of that. It's about 16%, right? It's a small sample, like, uh, but it is something that you, that you have to consider with DK Metcalf. But understanding that, understand that their targets, they don't fall, right? They're 118% of their average. So still at 100% of, of, of the routes that, they're, that they typically run when they're healthy. 114% of their fantasy points when compared to when they're healthy targets per route run 113%, right? Nothing really drops. So if DK Metcalf is active, which again, at this point, there's, if we're going to really put numbers to it, there's about an 80% chance he's active as of right now. Uh, I'm starting DK Metcalf. I'm putting him in my lineups and I'm putting him in any, you know, GPPs that I'm, that I'm trotting out there this week. Yeah, plus the the Carolina Panthers, they're, they're pretty banged up in the secondary right now. They've been very forgiving on on the, in the rushing offense, but yeah, I think there there could be some you know big plays for DK Metcalf if uh, especially if JC Horn sits out another game, which uh, would not be very good for him. Uh, yeah, let's go over to DeAndre Hopkins uh, back to Tennessee. You know the ankle has been you know, and he, he's a guy, and you talked about this last week. He's not a guy who practices very often, but he had a limited practice yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday being Thursday. And, uh, you know, he played through it last week. Could we be looking at playing through it? And, uh, but you know, just kind of limiting him. Yeah. Again, the practice report is really hard to read on that guy. Cause he doesn't practice as it is. It is notable though, that he was a full participant on Wednesday, went back down to a limited participant on Thursday. Did he have a setback? We don't really know. Uh, this is what we call, you know, an eversion or high ankle sprain type mechanism that he sustained in week one. Uh, what you need to know is that in week one, he ran a route on 85% of team dropbacks. Uh, and then in week two, it was just 76%. So there is a bit of a difference there. Uh, he was obviously, he was clearly limited. I mean, he did make a couple of big time catches in, you know, when they needed him to, but he ultimately didn't really deliver from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I actually, let me correct myself. In week two, he actually only ran a route on 65% of the team's dropbacks. And compared to week one, that was at 76% or 86%. Sorry. I really just jumbled all the numbers there. All you need to know is DeAndre Hopkins ran a lot fewer routes in week one relative to week two. I don't think that he's back to 100%. I also 
don't think he's necessarily a must start. I, I think he he's going to be, you know, it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be a difficult run out for me to, to, to throw DeAndre Hopkins out there unless I really have to. I'm not saying don't, right? I'm not saying sit him, but, you know, he's, he's kind of a coin flip. If you want to sit him, I wouldn't necessarily blame you. And it is a tough defense. The Cleveland Browns have been one of the best defenses. They've got a great secondary, great pass rush. So that one, you know, going up against them, that's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that if you can sit him, uh, I mean, if you have like a Michael Thomas or something like that, that's definitely someone to consider to play instead of, uh, in, instead of um, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, don't, don't go like grabbing, you know, someone off the waiver wire to get, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm playing Josh Reynolds instead of him. So that, that, that's a little too local for me. Um, well, somebody who's gone local, Puka Nakua. Yeah. I mean, he's gone local the first two weeks, but, um, again, you know, coming up with an oblique, he got, he had a DNP, uh, he played through it, had a phenomenal game against the 49ers last week. Now he's got the Bengals on Monday night football where he's got an extra day. So, could could we be looking more encourage more encouraging for for him to have another uh, you know be back on the field? Yeah, so this is a situation where we really want to monitor his practice status, and we have again have not seen what's going on uh, in LA quite yet. He didn't practice yesterday, like you mentioned, but this wasn't an issue. Uh, it wasn't an issue earlier, you know, in week two, and so I don't necessarily anticipate it being an issue. Uh, again in week three it's just something that they're probably just trying to manage because i mean let's be honest like the rams are banged up right now obviously they just got rid of cam Akers. um they want to keep matthew stafford upright i mean this situation is just <laughs> in la is it's been quite incredible how they've managed it but yeah uh, i'm not necessarily concerned with, with puka i do anticipate that he he'll practice today at least i think that's the hope uh, check the Patreon as the weekend goes on They're They're obviously it's going to be, uh, something to monitor throughout the week for them. But yeah, for now, I'm not too concerned on Puka Nakua. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's been so much good, uh, good feeling from among, among the Rams, especially with him kind of coming back. I mean, even, <clears throat> even Sean McVay was talking about not him, not really needing to, you know, practice every day to be able to play. But again, he does have that extra game with this, that extra day with this being Monday night football. So um, yeah, I mean, I, until he doesn't play until, until he's ruled, until he's ruled out, which I don't, I, I agree with you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm following, I'm following your orders on this one. So, um, okay. So, you know what, we got a different section now, you know, kind of updates on, on a few players that are, are injured and either on IR or expected to miss some time. And Austin Eckler, you know, the, the first week was, you know, there was, there was back and forth, maybe he plays or doesn't play. Now I heard him on Eckler's edge this week and he did not sound like he was going to, like he was trending toward playing already had two DMPs. Uh, I mean, trending toward not playing. Yeah, this looks like he's not going to, he's not, he's not going to practice today per, per Jeremy Fowler. And then this I think is, is adding up to be a high ankle sprain. It, it wasn't easy to diagnose on film, but it was something that I mentioned that that was a possibility and it does seem to be that's the case in terms of when he's going to return that's anybody's guess the average or i'm sorry not the average but but the the mode right so most often since 2018 since 2016 actually running backs come back from a high ankle sprain at either zero weeks right or after missing three so it's bimodal is what you call that there are two modes most mm -hmm. frequently happen i don't think it would be a bad idea to keep Austin Eckler out until week six. But what I can tell you is that 
Brandon Staley is probably coaching for his life right now. And if that means they lose again, they go 0-3, and he thinks he's doing whatever he can in his power, and he's going to say, Austin Eckler, you're playing. Now, that'll be interesting, right? Because what just happened with the running backs and Austin Eckler, they came at it. To, they came to a bit of an impasse, didn't they? So, you know, immovable, what is it? Immovable uh, force or unstoppable force, immovable object. Right. Uh, it's going to be interesting what happens if the, if the, if the Chargers lose, It'll be really interesting to see what happens right now. I would lean Austin Eckler waiting to come back until after the bye. We understand that he is a competitive guy. He's fiery. We've gotten to know him quite a bit, right? Because he's really generous with his time. But functionally, medically, I would wait until week six. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that one, you know what? I, I'm glad you touched on the fact that the 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 running back market, because it's kind of like this, similar to the Saquon Barkley. Are they, Do these guys push or do they just come back when they're healthy so that they don't put up bad numbers because both of them are playing for contracts for next year for either from their current team or from the next team. So yeah, that, that one, Joshua Kelly, I think this week, last week I was, I was down on Joshua Kelly this week. I'm, I'm firing him up. The Vikings have not been good on defense against the run or the pass. This game's going to see a lot of points. I see Joshua Kelly being very, very involved in this offense. And plus they had a lot of, uh, you know, red zone work last year. It's, it's, it's more than likely going to him. Uh, so we just talked about his teammate. Now we're going to go to Cooper Cup. You know, this is week three. He's on IR hamstring. Uh, hamstrings can be tricky, obviously, because this is a, a re-injury. A, a little update? Yeah, just a small update. I know people are asking constantly about Cooper Cup. It does seem like they're going to try to bring him back after week five. I do think he'll be ready at that point. Don't be afraid if he gets pops up on the injury report after that, you know, after coming back. He's probably going to have some scar tissue. He still is at risk to re-injure the, the hamstring yet again. But again, if you're 2-0, 3-0 after this weekend and you're a shark, like you're throwing offers out for Cooper Cup. You want him on your team. I'm trying to acquire him in a, in a handful of leagues where, where that's the case for me. So don't be afraid for Cooper Cup. It was ridiculous that anybody ever even considered that he wouldn't come back uh, in 2023. I think that's, that's, that's a bit preposterous to even to even uh, suggest. So he is going to come back. He'll probably be back in week five, week six at the latest. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really what I got in Cooper cup. Yeah. Plus he's, he's so good. He's, I mean, I think, I think with the Ram offense looking as good as it surprisingly looking as good as it is, I think it's only going to be better with Cooper cup in there uh, opposite Puka Nakua. It's going to, it's going to bring down Nakua's numbers, but you know what? I think it's still overall, it, both will be very, very productive. Uh, last one, last one on our updates, Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, he's going to miss, he's, he's definitely going to miss some time. Uh, you know, what, what's his update? This was surprising to me because uh, I mentioned this last week on the show. And obviously this is why you don't always go with the data, which is why you got to do your gut too. But there wasn't really anything leading us to believe that this was going to be too serious for Deontay Johnson, but they did put him on IR. What I was, what I was trying to figure out and I never really got a clear answer on is whether the Steelers needed to put him on the IR the day before their game, because it wasn't reported until the day of their game. Usually teams have until that Saturday, right? If it's a Sunday game, they have to they have to hand those over to the league office who's going to be on the IR uh, the Saturday before the, the Sunday game. And that's not what the Steelers did because they obviously played on a Monday. So it could have been that they did put, place them on IR the day before and, and Shepter didn't report it until the following day. So all that is to say that, you know, if this game, if, if, if week two counted against Deontay Johnson, then he will be back by week six, I think. But other than that, you know, if, if this game didn't count, then it'll be a week eight and after their week seven buys. So Deontay Johnson put him on ice. 
Um, again, if you're a shark, you're going after him. Get put in an offer for Deontay Johnson. Throw in a low ball offer. Somebody like DeAndre Hopkins or your wide receiver three or your flex or somebody that that you just have, you know, a Jerome Ford or something. I, I'm putting out offers for guys like Deontay Johnson because that offense, I get it. It's not good, but it wasn't good last year. And, and either he's bound or regressed from a touchdown perspective. Yeah, and you know they've gone against two two tough defenses, and and uh, last week George Pickens had himself a good game against against the Browns, and uh, this week it's going to be it's it's a much more much uh, easier defense. The Raiders are have not been very good against the run or the pass, so I'm 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 expecting much better much better days ahead for uh, the Steelers this week. So we got uh, let's go into the quick update section. So uh, some guys that have already been ruled out, but just kind of looking ahead to their um, their injury outlook. Going to start with uh, the number one pick in the draft, Bryce Young, our ankle injury. He's already out. Yeah, they're reporting that this is going to be a one to two week injury that lines up with the data since 2018 on quarterbacks and ankle injuries. I don't expect this to to necessarily be um, a, a big issue. I did want to sort of jump ahead here, Jorge, because we did get word that Jalen Waddle's back at practice today. Now, I don't want to jump the gun because sometimes guys, you know, beat reporters will say X is, you know, X, Y players back at practice. It's not really a full practice. It's, a, it's and they still log it as a DNP. Jalen Waddle, again, there's a 52% chance since 2018, 52% of wide receivers have missed no games. So it's still a possibility that he, you know, comes back. But given the Dolphins' history, the fact that it seems like he's moving a little slower through the protocol than we'd like, um, I would not necessarily plan on having Jalen Waddle if he is active. You know, similar to Christian Watson. It takes one play for this guy to pay off, but understand that there's a 33% recurrence rate with these concussions among wide receivers. Um, that that is an issue. That is something that that you really want to monitor uh, based on on previous data. So really pay attention. Uh, really really know what kind of lineup that you're trying to put out there because it could be you know it, it could wreck wreck what you're trying to do let me make a correction i'm sorry i'm, I'm reading off of this list I'm, I'm making a ton of mistakes today we'll get better we'll watch the film we'll get better but what i meant to say is there is an eight percent recurrence rate but there's a 32 percent dip in the production from a fantasy points perspective oh, okay after their after their concussions so it is something that you're going to want to monitor it's something that you're going to want to want to understand when you're sliding them into lineups so again I, is this it's the right numbers i just flipped the places so highly volatile if jalen waddle's active at all yeah, that one's oh, and and you want him in there because you know the Broncos going into Miami. Um, I mean, they're a good. They're a good defense. They're, I mean, Patrick Sertain is one of the great, one of the best, uh, you know, cornerbacks uh, in the NFL. But teams seem to melt in Miami, um, especially this time of year where it's still warm and and uh, yeah. So keep an eye, keep an eye on that. If uh, Waddle's in there, I'm def I'm definitely playing him. Did you want to add anything on Bryce Young? Did any anything else? Do we want to jump in, jump back into him? Nope not not much not much to add on Bryce Young. Okay, so Anthony Richardson already been ruled out with a concussion. Um, you know, you you've you've talked a lot about concussions, and they want to protect the asset. Yeah, yeah. So Anthony Richardson out. He has a history of concussions. The Colts are conservative. It's really all we got for this week on him. Okay. David Montgomery that you talked a lot about the thigh injury that he had just kind of like the way he got twisted up. I get, I guess it's, he's, he's already, you know, he's been DNP. I mean, he's, he's basically already de kind of declared himself out. Uh, 
what, what it, kind of what's his outlook as far as timing? Yeah, so this shouldn't be more than a week, maybe two weeks for David Montgomery. Uh, he's going to be back pretty soon. So, uh, you know, all your Jameer Gibbs stonks are going to have to wait. And uh, same thing for Jamal Williams. Seems like he's trending downwards. That's going to be about a one week absence. It could, you know, tack on two weeks, three weeks, because they did mention that it was a pretty serious injury. Uh, you're going to want to grab probably Tony. I'm probably not Tony Jones. You're going to want to grab Kendra Miller. I don't know if you're on him this year. Jorge. Yes. Oh, yes. Very much. I just wrote him up on my rookie report. Uh, he's if this is if there's a week where he's going to pop, this is the week because it, he's he's full full practice. And the and Tony Jones is the only other uh, competition. Alvin Kamara comes back next week. So this is time to shine for Kendra Miller. Perfect. And. And by the way, yeah, we get we did get uh, we just got the player update uh, on on player alert. Jamal Williams is officially out for this game. So, uh, yeah, amigo, we got a little we we got a little quicker this week. So, hey, I got I got one one food question for you: tacos dorados or soft shell? Mm, no, man, you got to go soft shell. You got this. Is... Soft hard shell, shell tacos. Hard hard shell tacos. The American version are an abomination to our people. And they should not exist. They should not be put uh, on storefronts. They should not be placed in stores. It should be illegal and it should be a felony to even call the shells that they sell in the store tacos at all. Please don't use hamburger meat to put into your tacos. If you're going to have tacos, find a local, you know, drive down to the, I've, we've said this before. I love, I love my people. Drive down to the hood, go to find your, your local panaderia, go, go to the barrio, find a taco truck. The, yes. the sketchier, maybe go during the daytime, but the sketchier, the truck and the area looks the better you're gonna enjoy those tacos tacos taco dorados i gotta go i don't know i, I can't do it i just gotta go i go, gotta go tra tradicional just uno taquito uno, una tequelita hey recommendation this week instead of a candy i wanted to say i recommend cimarron tequila it oh, is super yes. good um oh, yes. it is not too hard at the end but i also want to get your thoughts taco dorados or or or, or flour tortilla uh, well, ta tacos dorados, I only do them at my mom's house because she does them perfect. So she gets oh, nice. I get nice. that. So uh, there is actually there is one place in L.A. called Tito's Tacos, um, which is it's been an old school place. It's an institution. They're the only place that does it right. So that's if I'm going out, that's the that's the place I'm doing it. But otherwise, I'm doing it at mom's. Everything else, I'm doing it. Uh, I, I'm doing soft shell. I just uh, you know, give me give me the give me give me the nice corn tortillas. Uh, flour though, uh, flour. I uh, you know one of my one of my favorite treats is a uh, little taco de mantequilla. I put a little mantequilla on the, uh, a little butter on on, oh, yeah. on a flour oh, yeah. tortilla. Oh. Eso, eso, eso. That, that's sometimes my dessert. So, oh man. So this has been very sweet show. Kind of, kind of, kind of dessert. Everybody, one more time, join the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/injuryprone. Tokayo, compadre, what do we, what, what else we got coming up? That's it. Make sure you go to fantasypoints.com. Check out all my work there. Patreon, Twitter at fbinjurydoc. Good luck in them streets. Yes. Make sure to subscribe to us. Uh, subscribe to Injury Prone on YouTube. Get in there. Come on. Get those alerts. All right. I'm Jorge Martin, Jorge Martin 17, and you get you find him at FB Injury Doc. Buena suerte. Get 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 set your lineups. Make sure you're listening for uh, more for more updates be between now and Sunday morning. Till now, salud. <laughs>